0: this morning comes from the prophecy that uh, God gave to Ezekiel in chapter 37, verses 1 to 14. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin I will put breath into you and you will come to life then you will know that I am the Lord so I spoke this message just as he told me suddenly as I spoke There was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then, skin formed to cover their bodies. But they still had... No breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, These bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you And you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken.
1: Thanks, Ian. That was that was uh, magnificently read. Enter into the uh, the spirit of Ezekiel, the prophet. Ezekiel, we've got Ezekiel here, haven't we? You changed your position. Yeah, he wants to really get under the uh, under the word here. Yeah, fantastic. Well, um, this this is a passage. My name's Clem, uh, and um, I'm speaking. About the life, um, life unto what is dead, and um, from this passage, and it's a, it's one of those very much sung about. I mean, one of the songs, first songs, I think uh, we we sang was about this, uh, and, uh, and and so it's a popular um, passage for for songs, uh, and um, so a lot of us, are, you know, familiar with it, and it's so there's a pop element to. This passage, but let's look at it afresh as I did a couple of weeks ago, in the readings. And in fact, I actually prophesied uh, the, the bones of this out um, as a prayer. Um, it, it had so impacted me. And uh, as Graham was saying, we're looking here to Pentecost. We've 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 seen the resurrection, the death of Christ, uh, and uh, as in Easter. Now we're coming back. And it's interesting here, it's, a, it's a, um, a look back to Genesis. So here we have a people that uh, has been read. They're, they're feeling hopeless, they're feeling done and dusted, as it were, and that there was a lack of future. They're in exile, they're away from home, uh, they're away from their purposes, their identity, a lot of, of, of what was associated with their understanding of themselves had been taken away. And of course Israel, their identity was in walking with God. And so here we we have this human cycle of of being given opportunity and then we fail God and then we get ourselves into trouble as the nation of Israel had done and had been exiled, had been kicked out of their home. And so we come back to the beginning and and what I love is this whole uh, uh, thought of the garden here that we're That we're looking at because that's where we come. We come back into creation uh, when we talk about breath. And Ezekiel is actually drawing on uh, the very creative power of God, bringing creativity where there is hopelessness, where there is nothing, where there is blandness. And so in Genesis 2, verse 7, when it comes to humanity, creating humanity, and God creates it all by His word, He speaks out, He utters. He brings an unction, as it were, of his very nature, of his very self. And he brings creatively the world, the universe, life into being. And and so as the crowning glory of, of what he's made, believe it or not, it's you and I. And so the Lord formed the man, or the Adam, of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man, or the Adam, became a living creature, and the Adam actually means red-blooded one. So it's, uh, it's he's one of us, okay? Uh, and so God comes and breathes and brings life to uh, to make Adam a living creature, and that's what He's doing here in uh, Ezekiel. He's uttering forth, He's calling, not on Himself, whereas. Whereas God himself brought the Adam, or the human race, into being, what we have here is God is actually commissioning Ezekiel, the prophet, uh, who goes through a lot for the sake of his God. Uh, but he, he's commissioning him, I want you now to prophesy life into others. And I think it's good for us as we come from the resurrection, and as, as Graham, uh, as the scripture that we looked at earlier on in John, which we'll come to again, when Jesus breathed his spirit into the disciples and, uh, and commissioned them to go and forgive or retain forgiveness. In other words, to discharge the authority, the, the kingdom of God, the, the grace, the wonder, the relationship that God had intended for all humanity. Um, and, and so his disciples get that wonderful privilege to do that. And, uh, and so we see in, the, in Ezekiel, the prophet, uh, he says, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Lord, you know. In other words, often when the Lord asks us to do something, he charges us. We think, well, you know, Lord, but praying for a miracle, believing for something that's impossible, believing for the sort of things that Jesus actually did uh, in his life and said, I want you to do the same as me. So we're given quite a responsibility aren't we to move in a level of living that's above human and we'll see the uh, the, the passage in Ezekiel deals a lot with this so what um, what Ezekiel is given to do to prophesy speak forth and what prophecy is is speaking as God speaking the same things as God and uh, and so for example the um, the, this, the testimony or the story of Jesus and what he's done, it says, is the spirit of prophecy. So every time we talk about Jesus and tell others and bring them into, help them into a relationship with God, it's prophesying, it's breathing life, bringing life. And Ezekiel is, in cha- is challenging us uh, forward that as the church we are called to bring others into life. Now it's exciting when we have new babies in the church and, uh, and Leanne's been over in London with a, uh, our fourth grandson. Uh, just New life is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah. And so that's, it's always exciting when new babies come into the world and they grow up and, and we have, like last week, an amazing baptism with Kayla. It was just phenomenal. I've been talking about it all week. It's a sign of new life. Out of death comes life. And so prophesy over these bones and say to them, and bones in Hebrew culture and nature were the enduring thing about humanity. Bones had an ability to last. And so they're the only things left here. And say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So the first thing I want you to notice is it's hear the word of the Lord. So prophesy, one of the things we declare is listen to what God says. And of course, the great message of what God says is that God loves us. He came among us, became a human being for the very purpose of showing us himself, but redeeming us, reconciling us back to God. Because we were doomed, we are doomed. You know, when it comes to this idea of breath, I was reminded by Leanne of of often what they do in schools these days and trying and teach kids to overcome panic by breathing. And so um, we're taught breathing exercise and they can help us for a short time. But they don't bring life. They're not the breath of life because our own human spirit doesn't have the capacity to bring the kind of life that we as human beings need. It's far more. In fact, we were created for far more, and and so we see the um, the creation there coming into being. Or the um, as as Ezekiel spoke, um, as he saw in this vision, there was there were things happening there. Put breath in you, you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. We see a summary there of what is intended: that that there is a new creation, a new people arise, and that they may know the Lord ultimately, it's walking in the garden. It's walking with God, as he always created us to be, to be a people that would actually walk with him. Now, some people choose, and I had chosen chosen that very verminently until the age of 19, when I had a rude shock uh, in a haunted house, and I suddenly realized I was a very dangerous place, and I reached out to God that night, and he came in and took me home. He brought me home to himself. I from that moment, I knew I was home. I was safe. Suddenly, all of the questions I'd had in my psychology classes were answered. A thousand questions were answered in a moment when, uh, w- when I was asking about why and what. And so, um, our, at the call cool of this I've, is back to God himself. Now, as Graham read before, you know, Jesus said, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So he breathed on them. We see here as well, Jesus actually breathing on his followers this new life. He's ushering in a new army, a new people. He's bringing to... To, to life, a new people, and that is the people of God. And we know as we come along to Pentecost, it starts with his, his immediate followers, but then it extends uh, and to the world today. People who are privileged to be able to be filled again, filled with the Spirit of the Lord. Um, and then as it goes on, he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, Son of Man, and say, to the breath, thus saith the Lord, come from the four winds, etc. Now, this this interested me, and I began to dig into this whole thing of, of the beginning. Um, thanks, if you could just help me there, that's good. Yeah, um, that the, when we talk about the breath, uh, we're talking about the spirit of man. And uh, so there is, there, are, there are spiritual... Realms, there's the spirit of man and there's the spirit of God. And so when God creates, he creates with a spirit. But when um, he breathes into us, he breathes a measure of his spirit uh, that is far more because it's the spirit of the living God. And so he fills our human Um, vessel our human spirit with his spirit in fact he's created our spirit that we might commune and have a knowledge and have a relationship with him we're created with that as some people say the god-shaped gap so the word there um, breath is uh, ruach Um, it's sort of got a guttural thrust to it and in the Greek, it's pneuma. So the, the way it comes, the way the, the, the breath comes to, to the spirit, the spirit is, can be made up, and I've just been digging into this, of both the heart and the mind. And when, so in, the, in Hebrew thought, when we're talking about the spirit, we're talking about the mind, actually, and the heart. And so when you have um, someone like David, now he had blown it, he had, had been responsible for murder, and adultery, he was in a mess and his life and family was in a mess. But what does he cry out in Psalm 51? He cries out, create in me a clean heart, oh God. He's crying out for what is being prophesied here. He's, um, he's, he says, renew a right spirit in me. In other words, change me, come into my life again. I, I realize I have put myself back to square one. I have put myself in a place of death. Lord, bring me to life again. And as part of that, there's the notions of, of a right spirit, of a cleansed spirit. God, by his spirit, comes into us, and there's a supernatural change. Some people call it a big word, sanctification. But what happens is God it means to set apart. God makes us holy. It's a miraculous thing that only the spirit of the Lord can do. So He comes into our and to our hearts and He renews and He cleanses and He brings a right spirit so that our spirit is, is a spirit that has confidence in life. We live in a way that we know that we are right and we're in a good place and we're in friendship with the Lord, the God who created heaven and earth. That's a pretty good place. That's, that's what we're always supposed to be like anyway. But as a human race, the, the glug of life, the drudgery of life can actually remove us from that beautiful place of sweetness, of holiness, of beauty, and so there's a renewal of a right spirit, and there's also the renewal of the mind. And so part of being filled with the spirit, part of this life, is this continual renewal of the mind. So our minds are not stuck in ne- stinking thinking, you know, negative talk. So we're not, we're not um, destructive kind of people with our tongues, with our lives, with our thoughts. But we're actually, we're thinking building thoughts. We're actually moving with God. Our our spirit is is in harmony with the living God who's building us together, who's encouraging other people around us so that we're not just living our own lives by ourselves anymore and trying to make the most of our own little lives. But our lives are far bigger than that because we're by the spirit of the Lord. We're like him. We're actually thinking of others. We're breathing life into others. We're prophesying life into others and so God calls us to be a prophet, a prophetic people and, and as I remember in my early Christian life, in, you know, when I became a Christian and ni- I was 19 or 20, I um, I was remember putting this into life and I used to, the way I used to, to overcome and I was working in a tannery with a whole bunch of uh, guys, surfers there and because we could... Uh, they could surf. I didn't surf that well, but they could surf during the day and work work at night. So, but we had um, we always just pull our Bibles out during the um, uh, during our breaks, and we had um, about 20 young men uh, all there reading our Bibles together, encouraging one another. It was an amazing place to be uh, and a workplace. In fact, um, the doctor that. Uh, that was supervising a lot of the science to do with that tannery, got us a room so we could actually pray in at a prayer room. So we had our own prayer room in the tannery. Anyway, a um, bit of an aside there. So what I learned to do was to be renewed in the spirit of my mind and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God himself. And and so we put off the old, we put on the new. There's a renewal process that God does. There's a renewal process that we cooperate with and we participate in. And and I really love this because I realized that no matter how down anyone else was around me, I could actually get in prayer and I'd be pumping, you know, I'd be on fire and uh, I'd be looking for others that I could encourage. And, uh, and I, I wondered why people got depressed around me. I thought, come on, i have got to pray for you and so I'd get over and just pray and shout and uh, get dramatic until they were actually up again, you know. (laughs) So so, uh, um, I shouldn't have to apologize for that, should I? (laughs) I should be proud of it. It was good fun. Okay. So being renewed. And therefore... Ezekiel says, Prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will open wide your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I'll bring you into a land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves, raise you from your graves, O my people. Okay, so the divine breath. Now I'm just going to jump ahead. To, we'll, we'll be hearing a lot about this. I, believe over the next weeks uh, leading up to Pentecost but just just to look at what happened there to the early church and it says when that day had arrived that Jesus said I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit I want you to wait for this breath because here you are you believers you know I'm the Lord you've seen me but I want you to wait you've seen me you've seen my hands Jesus appeared to uh, the disciples and so they knew him they believed but they needed the empowerment of the Spirit So he said, wait in Jerusalem. And they were together and suddenly there came from heaven the sound of like a a mighty rushing wind. Now, (laughs) you know, it's like that. It actually, in recent years, it actually happened in uh, in Alaska. The Inuit Indians, there's a community there and they don't have planes flying over and then they were just in worship, these guys. And in the middle of it, this, this sound, like a jumbo jet, came over. And they, I mean, this whole community was in a mess. And, and uh, the story goes, it's been documented, uh, how the Lord began to transform uh, relationships, family, the drunkenness, all sorts of rotten uh, stuff that happens, you know, unfortunately, in remote communities. And so it started with a rushing mighty wind. And in their case, it was just like... It says here. And, uh, and they were filled, they filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared on them, rested on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we see a phenomenon here, you know, that the gift of, of other languages, of spiritual languages, was as a sign to people around them. And in the case of, of this day, there were people from all around the world who recognised the fact that these people who were um, uh, unlearned people were speaking in languages that um, they hadn't learned and uh, and they were hearing them uh, magnifying God in their own languages. Such was this amazing uh, miracle. And uh, so, um, whoops, yeah, so... Um, as we go on there, we, we, um, we come to Paul now, and uh, that was Luke before. Now, Paul is saying, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to man but to God. For one, uh, no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upholding Building and encouragement and consolation. So, what I'm getting at really here is that the call of Ezekiel was to prophesy over the people of Israel. And by prophesying, he was declaring the word of the Lord, and life came. He was declaring what actually happened. They came back from exile, there was a restoration to their end. He was prophesying that, he was seeing that the return of the people to life. But he's also um, seeing what's what ahead to what has ha- what happened at Pentecost and what is for us as well is that we're a people of life and there's two aspects about this. I, t- I mentioned the gift of speaking in spiritual languages that the Lord um, by his spirit gives us that ability to speak fluently in, in prayer languages and Paul makes it clear here primarily this gift is a sign it's a sign that that, that the Holy Spirit has come that from the Father and the Son. It's a sign that uh, Christ is triumphant, okay? That's sign of the Spirit. But, but the gift of, of speaking other languages is, is foremost an intercessory language. It's a, it's a pr- prophetic language in the Spirit, as it were. It speaks to God. It speaks to prayer. And for us as his people to move ahead and to move on in the things of God. We need to have every good gift he gives to us. And this gift is not, there are lots of other gifts that will help people, but this one is given that will help you in your empowerment, in your spirit filled. In fact, Paul says, I speak in this gift, using this gift more than you all put together. And they were over the top in this. But he was saying, I want you, Corinthians, to build up one another, to focus on that. And, of course, that's an outward mission. That's an outward look. And and so we are called as a people to uh, to look outward. As as Graham mentioned earlier, we are a missional people. And and so the call of God for us, for for those who follow Jesus, it says we are a chosen race, uh, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that we may proclaim the excellencies. We are called like Ezekiel was called. We are called to proclaim the excellencies of him, of Christ, who called us, of the Father, who called us out of darkness into his amazing light. We weren't. We had no place of belonging that was eternal, that was secure. But in Christ, we are part of a people people that stretches around the world and throughout time. We are God's people. Once uh, we hadn't received mercy, but now we receive mercy. So one of the marks of God's people as well, the, the, the defining mark of God's people that, that I love the words of Leslie are uh, that we are a people of mercy. As the church, we're defined by God's mercy. Not by not by our own triumphalism, but by His mercy, and that keeps us in a place of security and humbly. Because as we live in mercy, we live in a place of reception uh, for the living God, and and then His Spirit is welcomed into our hearts as we as we that's love as we love one another. So, um, just in conclusion. The prophet says, I will put my spirit within you, and you will live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord, I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. You know, we're called, if you trust in Jesus already, then God has called you as a priestly people, but as a prophetic people, as a kingly people, as a people who have character and poise. And that's why... uh, uh, it talks, in, in John, Jesus talked about if you forgive sins, they'll be forgiven. There's a, there's a sense of authority. There's a sense of, of poise that we have there. We have the right, the privilege to be able to release people, help people find peace with God through Jesus Christ. That's an amazing thing. But moreover, we're called as a priestly people to pray. And I want to encourage you, if you don't yet know how to, or you haven't had that experience of praying in the Spirit, of prayer, having prayer languages that the Holy Spirit gives, I want to encourage you over these next weeks to seek God for that, to seek after it. And, um, uh, and also, because as, as you seek the gifts of God and these important gifts, the, of the graces of the Spirit... It will empower you as an intercessor because we're not about ourselves, we're about the world about us. We're about our community about us. You know, as, as Pastor Charles framed in past years, um, we're about home, community and world. These, these spheres which we are called to, to influence and to be, um, uh, to be transformers in, in, the, in the realms that we live. Transformative in our home transformative in our local community in our workplaces you know I've, I've heard of people for example just go into their lecture theatres where they teach and just pray over every seat I've heard that happen time you know these sort of things happen and but wonderful things began to happen in that classroom because uh, a, a lecturer took time to actually believe for miracles, for, for change, for hope in the life of his students. And, you know, we're called in our various spheres, and even the globe, to, to be outrageous in terms of of, of um, people, what people might think around, to be outrageous, because God calls us into this priesthood of, of intercession but also a prophetic nature and this is with um, Ezekiel he's called us to be prophets prophesy now I could go into this but you know, we're all um, and, and I hope to talk a bit more about it I'm studying it at the moment but we're called to as a prophetic people To speak into our world, to speak into our life, to speak into people's lives, to be people that are change agents around us as the Spirit flows through you, as you give yourselves to moving in the Spirit as God's Spirit people. We're just going to um, uh, move into a song now, but um, I I want to ask you as we begin to worship, that if you are saying uh, this morning, yes, I want... I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want languages of the Spirit that can help me pray and intercede at a whole realm. It's like a supercharger. You just won't know the, the the power, the ability that that interceding in languages of the Spirit will bring to your Christian life. It will transform it. And the other areas, if you want to begin to prophesy and speak forth. We're all called, believe, as a body, as a company, to be a prophetic people that speaks into. We're we're not the recipients. We can't remain as recipients. We're called to be givers. We're called to be transformers. And God put Ezekiel on the spot, and he puts us on the spot. Maybe I'm putting you on the spot this morning, but maybe it's a good thing.